1933, New York City was hit by a massive earthquake, followed by an apocalyptic tidal wave that reduced the city to rubble. On film, that is. The film was called Deluge and can be regarded as one of the earliest true disaster films. It was directed by Felix E. Feist, a perfectionist who ignored the fact that it wasn't a big-budget movie. So the film was actually a disaster movie both by genre and financially. But thanks to this demanding director, the visual effects in the film were quite nice and enjoyable, created with miniature buildings and ingenious contraptions that cracked them to pieces. Today, similar films rely on digital effects. But the visual effects makers still aim for the same goal, to shake their audiences, to make them terrified and create effects that look like nothing they've ever seen before. So how were these effects achieved? Which disaster movies are the best and why do audiences never get tired of watching big things break into thousand pieces? Why is destruction so entertaining? Welcome to Yellow Brick Road, the disaster episode. Hi everybody, I'm Nils Lagergren, your personal driver on Yellowbrick Road in the world of visual effects, animation and digital mastery. Today we're going to talk about disaster movies and I'm joined by two true film lovers, VFX producer Matilda Olson and VFX compositor Dennis Holovianko. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Dennis, uh, it's your first time at Yellowbrick Road and I always ask my guests how they ended up in this crazy, wonderful world of visual effects. What's your story? Well, uh, I've always loved movies since I was a kid. I I, uh, always been drawn to stories in all shapes and forms, movies, uh, books, comic books. And although I, uh, after I finished school, I... uh, um, kind of wandered off in, uh, in another direction. Uh, I was I always sensed the pull of like visual storytelling on me. So and I uh, at some point I knew I had to give it a try. And I was like what watching like breakdowns and uh, and stuff and like just studying movie making in general. So at some point I decided I have to give it a shot. It's better to try and see how far I'll I'll, I'll get. Uh, than not to try. So I applied to Jan Schöping's uh, university, to visual effects uh, education. I think it's called, they changed the name slightly in, in the last year, but I think it's called uh, like uh, digital effects or visual effects on campus I-12. And uh, upon finishing that, I got an uh, internship at a, a company called Fido, or technically I got an internship at a company called Black Studios. But... Uh, at some point, that got uh, that's, that merged into this new uh, entity uh, called uh, Goodbye Kansas. Exactly. Talking about us. Uh, sucks. Uh, so let's start from the beginning. Uh, there were, of course, disaster films before Deluge. Uh, there was actually films as early as 1901. There's one called Fire. <laughs> about firemen fighting a fire and rescuing people, made in, by James Williamson in England, for example, and a bunch of biblical films where with floods and stuff. But Deluge is 
special. Uh, I mentioned that it was quite a financial disaster. So RKO sold it to a Poverty Row studio, Republic, and they used the destruction scenes in a bunch of B-movies. Uh, for example, uh, Dick Tracy versus Crime Incorporated and King of the Rocket Men, and a certain film called SOS Tidal Wave. Uh, and you've seen that film, yeah, actually, I, uh, <laughs> I've seen it like a couple of weeks ago. A Swedish Film Institute, they have a branch called, or like a department called Cinemateca that usually shows um, old uh, archival footage, also but newer films as well. And they showed SOS Tidal Wave, Tidal Wave as part of their like a fake news seminar about mm. because the movie in the movie SOS uh, the, the the destruction footage is used as a news report as a fake news report literally to scare people and like a corrupt politician trying to uh, to draw attention from the polls and and sends out a a uh, a news report about a destruction of New York And television broadcast is a novelty at that point. That's new. Mm. That's a brand new technology. So that's how I actually went in and unknowingly saw the destruction of New York from Deluge. Mm. And uh, I must say, like, if, we, if we're going to get into, like, like, the effects and stuff, when watching the movie and, like, in the context of that movie, in, like, a black and white picture... It's 1930s, you know, with all the archetypes, like, all, all the archetypes, like, I'm a hero, I'm a journalist, <laughs> like, uh, this is my family and stuff. All, it works, uh, it works well. Like, if you watch it yeah. and you see this... Which uh, like, one? Deluge or... Deluge, Deluge. Yeah, Deluge. Yeah. Uh, but but the, the footage is the same. Oh, yeah. So, if you watch it and you, you see the destruction of New York and you see this giant... Well, maybe we should like maybe dis dis describe we, what we, actually is going on. We will on. have a link to to uh, shots mm. from. But it. Deluge is interesting because it actually like establishes a lot of tropes mm. used by everyone now. So if you like, if you close your eyes and you see a giant like a cityscape and a giant wave coming towards it, crashing into it, that's Deluge. That yeah. was actually Deluge established, yeah. uh, like a, a cityscape of New York and a, cr a wave crashing. And it's actually the first. Uh, Uh, disaster movie that takes place in New York It's in a long series of yeah, New York destruction. The first time the filmmakers destroyed New York. <laughs> yeah. so every time you see New York getting destroyed, you get uh, Deluge uh, yeah. to thank for that. Yeah. And that, that same year in '33, uh, King Kong destroyed New York as well. <coughs> oh, uh, poor New York! Uh, just toying around with. <laughs> What did New York do to, to these filmmakers? <laughs> But there, there are another thing uh, that. Uh, it's, it's shot with a, like a overcranked camera, mm. kind of to, to, to give the water weight and stuff. And the, it was a huge set built like on 30 uh, square meters, huge set in, built on rollers. So the rollers like would shake. Like oh yeah, in, so in, in parts. they fall apart in sequence, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like and you see like like almost like earth breaking and and shifting at different angles, different parts of like. Of the surface, which again works kind of so cool, smart. and you yeah. see, and you see like buildings crumbling. The one crumbles uh, to the left, to the like to screen left, the other to screen right. And also an, an, another trope that I was like surprised to see is the ship. If you see like like you know, water brings in a giant like a cruiser type ship oh, yeah. that crashes into the city. That's in Deluge as well. <laughs> it had so, it all. So hats off for Ned Mann, Russell E. Lawson, and Billy Williams who were responsible for the effects. That film. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. <laughs> yes, but I must get through to my husband. Uh, and then 
became more disaster films. Uh, for example, we have San Francisco from '36. That was a big budget one with Clark and Gable. And first time we see Golden Gate Bridge gets destroyed uh-huh. in a oh, really? long series of <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> also a favorite among yeah. destruction scenes. Yeah. Also edited pretty awesomely by uh, Slavko Vorkapic. Hmm. And uh, actually, like, looked this movie up, and I said, like, where, where do I, where do I, how do I know Slavko Vorkapic? Well, Slavko Vorkapic was like an amazing editor, mon- yeah. montagist, I think it's called. And for the fans of Better Call Saul, just like a side note, in season one uh, episode Marco, there is like an awesome old school kind of a montage with a lot of dissolves hmm. and stuff. That's uh, that's they had they uh, the creators. Uh, Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould was in, were inspired by Vorkapich in creating that montage. Just mm. a side note for the, for the <laughs> Better Call Saul so fans out there. <laughs> and then we have uh, the last days of Pompeii from where with a volcanic eruption. Uh, we will return to volcanoes later in this pod. But even if there were lots of disaster effects in films through the 40s and 50s and 60s, it it wasn't until the 70s that disaster movies became a true film genre in its own right. That's when disaster movies really ruled the box office. So let's jump to the 70s uh, and films like, well, Airport, Poseidon Adventure, Earthquake, Towering Inferno. What, What do you guys think of the 70s disaster movies? I actually haven't seen that much of the 70s movies, I need to admit. But I have one favorite, though, and it's Poseidon Adventure, mm-hmm. because I think a lot of that was really groundbreaking uh, and laid on the path for like a lot of other movies, and especially the remake as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was pretty uh, amazing at that time. They... Uh, they had a like a bigature, like a big miniature of the boat in the tank, um, which they flipped around as well. And the inside of the boat was actually it was pretty cool built. It was a set that was built in the exact same way uh, at floor level and in the ceiling, so mm. they could turn it around. That's cool. Yeah, and all the like wall decorations and everything was just removable, so they can switch it up. So they had, when the flip was, they had it mounted on like a 45 degree angle. Mm. Uh, so they would fall apart and then they switched the camera and then they turn it around. So oh. it would look the same. And then they dressed it as it, as the ceiling. It was pretty cool. Uh, and that's just, I love that fact about that movie. So, yeah, and yeah. I love that scene when the ship turns over. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, but then I, I'm a big fan of ocean liners, so oh, yeah. maybe that's why. Dennis, do you have a favorite? Well, I haven't seen that many 70s disaster movies, but I do, I've seen Towering Inferno. I, mm. uh, I like that one. Mm. Uh, um, partly because I think without Towering Inferno, we wouldn't have Die Hard, one of my favorite movies. True. Uh, and also, it's 70s movies, they, uh, and as well as like earlier disaster movies, and I think we'll, maybe we'll talk about it later, but they relied so much about on like good editing and building up a character 
and actually establishing a lot of you have a big big action piece action set piece you know like the set turning or in Towering Inferno we have like a giant building just on fire mm-hmm. uh, creating like this scary uh, almost like a monster of uh, spewing fire around but there's a lot of like working together a lot of character building and they they set up like it, it takes quite a long time to they take they take their time to set up the characters mm. and they rely on like editing because on, on Poseidon Adventure I, I love the scene when the tanker turns yeah. uh, I think we talked about it a little bit earlier about like they stay with people you get mm. to see maybe one two maybe three shots tops at the, the big uh, model getting turned and switched yeah. and but the, the the all the rest is like people sliding you know shouting the horror the intensity and if you look at the new one from 2006 it's beautiful, like beautifully detailed CG model. I think it's had like at the time had a, a Guinness World Record world record for the the most detailed CG model oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. at that time. I think it had uh, one hundred eighty thousand individual objects. Here we go <laughs> <laughs> on the boat. Yeah, but but already there you can see like they're they're like indulging themselves a little bit. They they show off the wave crashing, yeah. and it works actually. It's they are pretty contained, pretty balanced. But you can see the difference. We have like wide mm-hmm. shots. Mm-hmm. But that's probably also a thing where uh, we have like when you see when the technology is there and you can be do like that kind of big massive shots. Mm-hmm. And it's possible to make it, and then you get a little bit carried away, and you want bit. to focus mm-hmm. on the big destruction or everything. And in the seventies, they can do like a limited amount of yeah. that kind of destruction, and then you have to focus on the people and the story behind it and everything. So the question is, like, yeah. is it, if it's if it's maybe a good limitation to have yeah. at, at certain mm-hmm. points, because True. you need to you need to fo- because people at the end they want spectacle, for, uh, sure. But uh, well, we'll probably get into that late, a little bit later in this discussion. But uh, it's interesting to note, and also fun yeah. fact, like uh, just noticing if you look at Inf- Towering Inferno, the intro helicopter shots, like helicopter f- helicopters flying. Steven Spielberg took that, just like took that right out to Jurassic Park. The intro when <laughs> oh, you have yeah. like a heli- helicopter yeah. flying low yeah. on top of the water, like wide shots revealing, uh, establishing locations. That's taken from Towering Inferno. So it's, cool. it's a really cool movie, <laughs> and it has like this. Uh, yeah, like these two major stars, Paul Newman and uh, Steve McQueen. Yeah, that, that was one thing that was interesting about the 70s disaster films is that they, they usually had the same kind of setup. That They had like some one or two major stars in the lead, like uh, Charlton Heston or Burt Lancaster or, or as you mentioned... Uh, Paul Newman and uh, Steve McQueen, yeah. but 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 then they also had like tons and tons of, of old movie stars that were still alive at the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like for example, in in, uh, in Towering Inferno, you, you had Fred Astaire. He didn't take one single dance step in Airport 1975. You have the silent movie queen Gloria Swanson in her last appearance. But but they used these these old Hollywood stars. More like disposable props. It was like I remember yeah. the film posters for those films were always looked the same. They had a big picture of destruction and then lots and lots and lots of small headshots of all the stars in the film, of which many often were very old stars that it's were so killed, funny killed what, off then with special what you effects. told me about the poster for. Was that Towering Inferno? Yes. Well, <laughs> Towering Inferno was like the first movie, uh, like maybe not the first movie, 
But one of the first movies that has, like, because you see, the 70s is the, we're going into the era of superstars. Mm. So Steve McQueen was like a superstar. He was like so cool. And Paul Newman, he was a superstar as well. So two of them. Uh, they had different agents. So it, it's like, uh, I recommend if you're interested, like just looking up the mechanics of how they negotiated like amount of screen time. They, they <laughs> both had to have amount, same amount of screen time. Nobody had, to, because n- n- not, uh, nobody could dominate the other. Yeah. And the poster, that's interesting because the poster, uh, the agents uh, decided the names on the poster would be shifted. So, so first comes Steve McQueen, and then a little bit higher, uh, a little bit higher comes Paul Newman, and uh, the reason. So it's not, yeah. So it's not unfair if you read from left to right. Exactly. You read the first name first, but the other ones are higher up. So if you, so read, if you read from, smart, <laughs> from up, from up and to, like down, down the poster, yes. yeah. So, the other so one is more Paul, Paul Newman comes first if you read uh, from up to down, and uh, Steve McQueen comes first if you read from left to right, so that nobody is can <laughs> like nobody can dominate uh, the other. It's and if you look at posters it looks today, super weird. It poster. looks super weird, but it's still used today. If you look at the like posters where you have like two major stars, yeah. that's that's actually yeah, that's, it's still used. I didn't know that. It's uh, so funny. <laughs> but but the biggest stars of these films were of course the disasters themselves. Yeah. The fire and the explosions and everything, but, and and but but these effects were were created more or less the same way as in the thirties, weren't they? Or basically with miniatures, miniatures and uh, matte paintings. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and how how do you think these effects have aged? I think, like in the context of the movies, I think you don't notice them that much because no. you, you kind of you're in the story you're in the context of that story mm. and uh, sure like at the corner of your eye you'll see like a miniature but if the story is good you buy yeah. it you forgive yeah. a lot absolutely yeah. and I think miniature holds up a lot longer than uh, than the early days the CG, oh, CG. Yeah, that we'll, we'll talk about a certain <laughs> flying cow later <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, so, so let's leave the 70s uh, it was indeed the first golden age of disaster films but but then audiences got tired at watching old movie stars getting killed off in big disasters and it fell out of fashion for a while but then came CG the and the 90s <laughs> best era for what, disaster what, what pictures can we mention there Independence Day definitely mm. Independence Day Twister Twister. Uh, yeah, uh, Twister. Uh, Twister. They came the same year, didn't they? Yeah, that's Nin- the, that's the crazy part. Twister and Independence Day came the same year, 1996. Oh, I thought Independence Day was 97. No. No, I, th- I think Dante's uh, peak. peak was 97, I guess. And Volcano. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because oh, yeah. always do. <laughs> yeah. But Twister and Independence Day came out 96. Both got Oscar nominated. And Independence Day won the Oscar. Interesting fact: Independence Day had seventy-five million budget, uh, millions in budget, while Twister had ninety-two millions in budget. So mm-hmm. Twister had oh. actually more. Uh, although yeah. Independence Day feels bigger, yeah. if you think back in it, like, it feels yeah. huge. You have like um, have just like uh, huge flying saucers attacking, like city destroyers attacking New York and all the and major cities. Those miniature shots. Yeah, yeah and I think that Independence Day still has the record of most miniatures used in one film. Mm. And it will probably hold that record for a long time since we use so much CG now. Yeah. So that has been like for, what is it now, 20 years. Mm. It's insane. But, but, but uh, why was Twister more expensive? Well, 
here's the thing. Twister used, I think, like if you look, if you read about it, Twister actually is the first, like probably one of the first major uses of really early uh, CG particle simulation. Uh, the, the thing that's used now in in software like Houdini and stuff, when you like simulate large amounts of particles crashing, colliding, uh, waves, uh, debris, destruction, house, uh, all that stuff. This uh, like buildings disintegrating, like the the main thing of in San Andreas, like the new the new yeah. movie. Yeah. Everything just uh, exp- uh, pure destruction. That's been that's was like really early days, baby steps of uh, CG simulations and. That was, uh, I think, that was really expensive. And another thing about Twister, and uh, yeah, let's just talk about these two movies. Like, I really love Twister, and I if, and I went back to it, and I thought, like, well, I tried to pinpoint why. Yeah. And the thing with Twister is that it's it's shot from the ground. It's mm. shot from the ground, looking up, mostly handheld, and that's yeah, you feel er- a part of it. Yeah, and you well, if if and if you're shooting from the ground up, and you have a lot of people running in the foreground, you have like one of my like f- like one of my favorite shots is that uh, like f- on the foreground you have this pickup truck driving, and in the background just tornado coming in, just destroying this this farmhouse, sending a silo roof just like. Oh, yeah, that's so cool. That scene, yeah. That's so cool. That's ninety six, and 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 you have like you have shots from the from the inside of a car through the through the like uh, the, um, dirty windshield with wipers on with rain, and you have CG debris flying outside. Like as that's a compositor, I, I can I can tell you this, <laughs> that's that's today that would be a challenge. Ninety six, yeah. that's insane. Like that's really uh, that's really 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 cool. Really impressive. If you think like if you think about what they like what they worked with and the, the software, it's really impressive. Like, a lot of it is Blender, right? Blender. I think they used Blender for that movie. They, or I'm confusing it with some, they something used, else uh, now. I don't know if it was. It's ILM, of course, and I, ILM at their might. There's a software called Soft Image, I think, for oh, 3D yeah. modeling and Dynamation for the for the animation. So they used and the animation became part of Maya later. So. I don't know. I don't think it was might done. be another tornado movie, though. <laughs> and uh, of course, the infamous the, the infamous house that's get blown mm-hmm. and like the and the gag. cow. We have to talk ah, about, the talk cow. about the cow. <laughs> just 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 to finish up on the on the house, yeah. the, the house that's the, the gag with the house that's blown in, f- yeah. in front of it, and they drive through it. We're yeah. going in. I think we're going in. Uh, that's <laughs> hand animated. All of it, and like it all works. the flanks, all the planks that, like he, you know, the the, the house just stops. The planks, the the door unhinges from it. Like r- yeah. that's hand animation, and oh, no, cool. and like if you know your CG, there's the, the, the thing called global illumination. It wasn't around at that point, so they had to put like a sphere of many like digital lights, spotlights, mm-hmm. to make it look like it's a huge dome of the sun and sky. So that's that was insanely like uh, lo- long render times. It, it demanded long render times. So that that's that's a cool scene, and it's still if you go with ILM's like Twister page today, that's the that's yeah. the shot, and uh, every, of course everybody remem- remembers it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the cow. The cow. Yeah. The cow. Do you know why there is a cow? My own personal theory. Okay. okay. Because in the Wizard of Oz, in that <laughs> oh. tornado, there is a cow. I'm I'm 
positive it has so to be like inspired by that. To yeah. There are more because, of course, there there is the Wither the Boss and their tornado because that's still pretty cool. It is. And but that they have, of course, in the Twister they have Dorothy. That uh, that little <laughs> the uh, piece of equipment. Yeah, the <laughs> equipment they they've got with the tiny balls that kind of fly out and measure the tornado. Uh, that's called Dorothy. And right now our listeners are thinking, yes, but what about the cow? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the cow Tell us, was originally a, a place uh, they used as a placeholder. They used the CG zebra from a Jumanji. Ah. It would be amazing if they kept the zebra. <laughs> they, should be, they should. They should have like. A, they should have had like had like an Easter egg on like Blu-ray or something. Yeah. With like a should. deleted scene, altered scene, uh, with a the zebra. zebra from uh, Jumanji flying around. Yeah. And why not a that sequel that like yeah. Twister Serengeti? Like, oh yeah. You could do Maybe. that. You have Sharknado now. You don't need anything else. And also, uh, <laughs> just to finish up on Twister, yeah. there are two. It's Amblin Entertainment, so mm. it's Steven Spielberg's production company. Uh, the two trailers yeah. for uh, Twister, they are really cool. I recommend like looking them up on YouTube or something because they are really cool. It's the old school kind of trailer, you know, with the yeah. trailer voice. You know, mm. nature can be scary and stuff like that. But it actually <laughs> works. It's not cheesy because the yeah. editing is kind of scary, and you got that yeah. that wonderful '80s Spielberg feel to it. Oh, like this, really? like there is mystery around the court. Like it's it's really cool, and the editing is uh, really spot on. And they have a they have a famous shot in the trailer that's not in the movie, mm-hmm. which was like it's it's a car driving through a field. You have a tornado in the background, like like bang! You have a you have a, like a tractor like falling from the sky. The car sways and like a huge tractor wheel just like flying towards the camera, hitting the the windshield, and that's like cut to black. Perfectly, cosmically sane, though periodically, nature will in a kind of psychotic fit, go completely, randomly, mad. You know what that shot is, right? That's a that's test. A test. Yeah, yeah, it's a test for, like, ILM, like, for the movie. Proof of concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah, proof of concept, uh-huh. yeah. Which is, like, uh, the first it thing works really, g- g- yeah. really great. And that's actually, like, establishes the look and feel of the whole, of the, like, how the action scenes, how the, all the tornado scenes actually look like in the movie. Yeah. Mm. So cool, Twister, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> but the, but the, so there's but there's another movie uh, in '96. Today we celebrate our Independence Day. Day. Yes. Oh, my favorite one. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that one so great? Then? Uh, aliens and no, <laughs> no, but I think it still holds up actually, um, and a lot of that is like. A, a big reason for that is the miniatures, I think. Mm. The scene with the White House exploding. And the Empire State Building. Is amazing. Yeah. They still <laughs> still works and it looks incredible. Just incredible. And uh, so I think that's a big part of it. And um, also it, got, like, it has some good characters, some good actors and aliens and spaceships and disasters. Just everything. Did you like the sequel? No, I hate it. Mm. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's terrible. It's <laughs> it looks great though, like it's really cool, but it's it's terrible. I can't see it. I heard there's a third one coming. Oh. I don't know if that's true. It's a trilogy. 
Oh yeah, I don't <laughs> know. I hope they fix some stuff for it. <laughs> What's your opinion about the volcano films of '97, Volcano and Dante's Peak? Well, like I, it's, it's the funny thing is like I remember Volcano fondly because it's more of a, like a Hollywood action piece, you know, mm-hmm. Tommy Jones running around, yeah. you know, and stuff like that, poles running, uh, falling everywhere. But if you actually look back to Dante's Peak, that's also ILM. Yeah. That's like those scenes have so much like energy to them when mm-hmm. the actually a volcano erupts and you, yeah. you see this wave just crashing through uh, and it's, it's like great. a lot of elements really cleverly combined together miniature blowing up real explosions and it's just like forest uh, it's it got this force it's got this power but so as a guilty pleasure I go volcano mm-hmm. from technical point of view like oh this is actually really cool and the uh, volcano of course looks great also but the, like if you look at the like really cool scene uh, now, uh, technically, that still holds up. Really, that's I think Dante's peak. What is that? That our plastic cloud. And, and Dante's peak, in many ways, uh, more similar to older disaster films in a way, uh, with the attention to character. Uh, it goes takes a while before anything happens, and you get to know the characters properly. And they warn about this coming, and no one listens, and blah blah blah. And then comes the eruption. Yes, yeah, and th- that's uh, yeah, th- that's that's important. An important part of uh, disaster movies that often get missed or mm. uh, ignored. Uh, and I think that the best disaster movies are the ones establishing the like a real connection to the characters or the environment or something. And, then and in a way, storytelling-wise, <laughs> very often that the effects themselves or, or the disaster is also, in a way, uh, a reflection of the character's inner self. <laughs> For example, in Earthquake, we have the, the marriage problems uh, <laughs> between Charlton Heston and Ava Gardner is, in a way, mirrored in, in the yeah. Earthquake itself. And in Dante's Peak, we, of course, have yeah. their story. And there's a, a classical one that's so funny with... Uh, like m- messy, unorganized dads who yeah. needs to save their kids. <laughs> single, single, <laughs> divorced dad. Yeah, that's kind of a mess up. He's a yeah, mess. He's, he's always trying. late, he's and so, he doesn't oh, yes. make any money, and no one believes him in anything, yes. and it's just <laughs> this, fa- just a disaster. Yeah, his, his son like doesn't want to like, uh, or his daughter, or, uh, his chi- his, his child, children, yeah. his children don't, don't, don't like. Don't look at him. Or he has like a better relationship with one. Yeah, uh, and the mother has met someone new, kind of yes. douchey. Yes. And the kids love him But because he's cool. Now we we're venturing into Roland Emmerich territory because uh, <laughs> Roland Emmerich loves like single dads, like all that. And everybody's connected, of course. The world yeah, of Roland of Emmerich is at the same time really big. Mm. It's like Earth explodes. But at the same time, it's so tiny because so, so tiny. this guy knows this guy, but he also, that guy knows this guy. And, and that also, happens in Independence Day as well. Oh, they yes. all meet at the end and they yeah. all have this. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And always it's someone that's married or involved with the president's daughter or sister yes. or colleague. Or <laughs> yes, president is always involved in some in some cases and always like yeah. <laughs> a scientist. got to be a scientist. got to be like, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. I love that. <laughs> They have a template. If you want to do <laughs> a There proper is. disaster movie, you could just use the template. But it kind of wears out. Like if you if you look at the day after tomorrow. Oh yeah. Uh, yes, but but that that's one a little bit of like uh, rehashing that template. You can feel the template Absolutely. working, and then you go Still to 2012, yeah. which is like almost like a remake. 
or like yeah. a redo. Yeah. But on of, a bigger scale. Yeah, like it's, it's the same, same thing. It's just single dad. Always uh, yeah. <laughs> <the> single dad. <laughs> yeah, and um, so yeah, it's, it's so you know it's, feel it's, the pressure, single dads. You need to save the world. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's another disaster film from the '90s worth mentioning. Uh, a little thing called Titanic. Cameron's Titanic, and and before we start talking about that one. Uh, Obviously, there's been many Titanic movies. Uh, actually, the first ones were made the same year that Titanic went down in 1912. Uh, it's insane one... that they released a movie in the yeah, same year. Yeah, it's insane. And, and the it's most bizarre one is called Saved from the Titanic. Uh, it was made just a few weeks after the actual disaster. And it stars uh, an actress, Dorothy Gibson, who actually had survived Titanic. Uh, she had been on the real ship, survived, and now acted, reacted the disaster, wearing that same dress that what? she had been rescued in. <laughs> that was That's absurd. Weird. Then we have a, a German <laughs> early one called Nacht und Eis, also in 1912. And so then night and ice. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Wow. And then we have the infamous uh, Nazi German version from Second World War, which was meant to be a... a, a a film that showed how, how the Western society, the Allies, uh, symbol of the disaster that they are. But since it was about a sinking ship and everyone spoke German, uh, it was actually a film <laughs> about how Germany went under. So Goebbels tried to, to hide that film. But some of the scenes in that one actually inspired and found its way to Cameron's Titanic. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, and then we have a Hollywood version from 53, and we have a British Night to Remember, just to name a few. But but then came Cameron. I'm ignoring all Titanic. other Titanic movies. Yes, that's the one <laughs> for you, Matilda. You love yeah. it? There can be only one. <laughs> there Wha- can be only one. <laughs> Why do you love it? Um, I think it's um, Cameron did such an amazing job in portraying the the ship as a character. I think he builds up for first of all it's so long it's just insanely long but I think it deserves to be that long because you need to feel something for the ship before it sinks and he's do- he's done a, such an amazing job on like you feel something for the boat and you you travel with these characters and they're all there for different reasons and it's a a more a a bit of a slower tempo in mm. storytelling than other disaster movies, which establishes everything in the setting and everything. Uh, and you really, really feel for this ship. You're like, you understand. Like, mm. the band needs to go down with the ship. And <laughs> the captain <laughs> needs to go down with this ship. And it's such a huge deal for everyone. And everyone experienced something on this ship. And then it all crumbles down. Mm. I think it's a beautiful story. And it's also incredibly well made. Yeah. Yeah. The movie actually costs more than the act and what the actual ship would cost today or in nineteen ninety seven. If you would build a new Titanic. No, it it costs I I don't remember what the ship cost. It was like one point five million dollars at that time. A million, a million, a million, a million. And in 1997's measurements, it would be 150 million or something. And the movie cost 200 million dollars to make. And made even more money because it was. Oh my god! Yes, (laughs) I think it still tops 
Cameron is has always been very good with, with like the, the perfectionist is with, with the facts yeah. and the effects of Titanic has aged very well I think absolutely yes, there's from. one amazing shot in there I th- I think it's my favorite uh, and it's pretty early on it's a king of the world shot yeah uh, with um, Jack and uh, Fabrizio <laughs> I love that he's called Fabrizio <laughs> uh, at the front of the ship and it's a beautiful like and uh, they actually did it on they placed them at a turntable with mm. green screen Uh, that uh, turned around and then the camera pulled out and then eventually translated into CG characters uh, and they used CG water and CG birds and everything uh, on that and people with motion capture on deck mm. and it was just like it's a great shot and I think it just and also of course the the, the bigature like the big miniature they did mm. also in there so it kind of combines the best of every every part of filmmaking i think yeah. it's a great shot yeah, it's it's, it's te- beautiful technically superb that movie yeah. it's uh, it's really well made yeah the ship of dreams and it was it really was and then we have of course armageddon from 98 oh yes, yes. Amazing. Once again, a year when when two big asteroids, yeah. <laughs> yeah. two things. Yeah, deep impact and Armageddon. Yeah, at the same time. Yes. <laughs> What uh, can we say about Armageddon? Very different styles. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Armageddon is such a guilty pleasure. No, yeah. Nothing like makes sense in that It's movie. It's like top top three of cheesy movies of all time. Oh, yes. And it's so good. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it has everything in it. I mean, the title explodes. <laughs> like the Armageddon, the title it actually explodes. Yeah. It's just it's just wonderful. It's a little bit dated now because, of course, they used reference from you know from the time, like uh, the comedians and all the Aerosmith uh, songs. Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> and uh, like uh, and crazy Steve Buscemi in space. Yes, it can't be any better than that. No, and uh, space dementia, you know, uh, and all that good stuff, oh, yeah. and uh, of course the the drillers that have to go, but not, not you know, not the, fa- the 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 famous issue with like let's why not learn astronauts to drill? No, no, you need to learn <laughs> drillers to, to be to be to be, uh, to, be uh, to learn how to In go up to space. Months. Yeah, drilling holes in the earth for 30 years, and I have never. Never missed the depth that I have aimed for. But there is like a, I was uh, looking back at it, and there is a really cool Paris explosion that I kind of forgot. There's Paris getting oh, yeah, hit by yeah. meteor, and it it kind of reminds yeah. of uh, of explosion in Rogue One, the giant one when the true when the when the, the dust wave in exactly a way. because oh, it's yeah. it's kind of it's a wide shot, and you see the meteor hits in the far off in the background, and like. The, the ground just rises up, just like in Rogue One when the Death Star mm. is like his test shot, and you see just ground rise up and just keep rising. So you get you just get this mountain of yeah. earth and dust. It looks pretty cool and like cool design. Mm. Uh, Rogue One is of course a little bit better, and <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, but it still looks pretty good. And of course, Deep Impact is uh, vastly different, although yeah. similar in plot a little bit. But that's a little bit more. It's more of a drama. Yeah, yeah and like, it's a little bit more, it's not so much action piece, no. although there is some and action. And it's just 
one wave, right? It's not a yeah. different amount of stuff. Yeah, it's it actually yeah. hits, but I I would actually say it's a little bit scary, more it's more dramatic and deep impact because you have that, you know, father and daughter on the beach, you know, yeah. just daddy, yeah. she's oh, yeah, 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 and it's kind of scary because you have that uh, picking, like, go back to Deleuze, it's the tidal wave hits the, mm-hmm. hits the New York skyline, that's, uh, yeah. that's in, that's in there as well, and it's kind of scary because it's not played as an action piece, it's no. played a li- little bit more z- somber, yeah. like, it just hits and it's destructive and, uh, and, and it also played as, like, could have been worse. Yeah. Uh, kind of. So it's it's not like you know Michael it's Bay not everything. A no, no. Yeah. But, but there are many films with disasters in them today, but but all of them can't really be labeled disaster films. I, I'm thinking, for example, all, all the superhero films uh, and Avengers. Th- yeah. That's not disaster films, no, but no. they do wipe out entire cities. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of destruction in them. Yeah, and I think that's all. Like we talked about before, uh, that you're so in love with the technology that you just want to be, do massive destruction scenes. And mm. like uh, Transformers is an excellent um, yeah. example of that one. It's just total. It's insanely packed with CG destruction and complex um, models. That it's just. I don't know if you. It's funny because if you look at Armageddon, you can see the style. You know, the slightly rotating camera in space, mm. uh, like a deep voiceover, yeah. uh, and uh, you can see the the style of Transformers beginning to take shape in oh, Armageddon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's kind of interesting, and also the shot. If you if you remember from the first movie, there's this. Like Michael Bay, he's uh, an awesome action director. He knows how to direct action. So there's uh, this really cool shot in uh, First Transformers, just like a little side, <laughs> side note, side yeah. note <laughs> when they're like, uh, there's a lady with a dog, I think, and it's like camera pointing upwards. Oh. And there's a slow motion shot of, I think, one of the Transformers just like dodging rockets behind her and like shooting rockets. It's a really cool shot yeah. taken straight out of Armageddon. Oh. There's like a like also this rotating shot camera looking up and this uh, this guy this I think it's uh, just one of the this one of the side characters just yeah. like dodging and there's like a meteors uh, f- like falling b- behind him. And then we move on and, and we have the more modern ones uh, and for, you, you mentioned 2012 obviously and the day after tomorrow yeah i think day after tomorrow is an important one in this genre it because it has like uh the climate change mm. issues as well and yes. it's very as well template template made and and you have the wave hitting new york just in like yeah. in deluge yeah and there's actually like a like a homage to Deluge mm. with, oh yeah, with the Statue of Liberty, Statue of Liberty yeah. still standing up, uh, like uh, and just getting covered by water. That's like taking it's straight up. Basically Deluge. the same shot. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's, it's so funny because we, I, we, me and Dennis watched the same clip about this one. Mm. What's wrong with <laughs> day after tomorrow? Yes. Uh, and it's so funny because I, uh, I've seen it like I saw it a long time ago and I loved it and I've always loved it. And then you watch that clip and it's just so depressing. <laughs> Just butchers the entire movie. 
<laughs> and it's like the the one of the coolest uh, shots are with the like the boat, like the the mm-hmm. big ship, the tanker in, that's yeah, yeah. Uh, in drifting New York. in the middle of New York City, <laughs> just like. And it's like I haven't even. I just saw it. It looked cool. I didn't even reflect on how weird it was that it was there. But it's actually like looking at the buildings behind it. How is it even there? And it hasn't destroyed any buildings at all. But it is a wonderful a underwater shot of the uh, of the cars on the street underwater, and as oh, the yeah. tanker kind of. That's pretty the, cool. Yeah. I understand why they added that shot. Like it, it looks cool. <laughs> that's looks that's cool. what I. I'm pretty sure and that was the. They need to get the medicine. <laughs> that was. But, the, but I mean, it doesn't have to be realistic. It, it's yeah. not that realistic that you can be chased by. Uh, and if by you the, close the door, the, the frost kind of. Like, oh, the ice let's, doesn't let's reach you. Because its its movie has its own flying cow, I think, with the frost conveniently spreading yeah, at uh, the speed of a running person. And like, uh, let's close the door because, of course, as we all know, the frost stops when you close the door. <laughs> but you have windows back there. Oh yeah, that was an, that was a good point in that video. Like, yeah. oh yeah, oh they closed the door. Whew, thank God they saved. <laughs> oh look, there are giant windows pointing <laughs> pointing straight out into the um, outside. But it, it is a, it is a, I will have again, divorced single dad, uh, yeah. the strange son. Yeah, he needs to get son. to his son. Yes, he's yes. the only survivor in New York. Yeah, and but of course, of course, his ex-wife is uh, president's uh, secretary or, yeah. of yeah. Course, they're all connected, of course. <laughs> of course. But it's still like a, the the frost attacking the New York City, it, mm. it, it still looks cool. And it I, looks and cool. I, and I guess, and, and I'm pretty sure I'm, Movies like this, they usually push, you know, even if they not always work dramatically or maybe it's not like the greatest cinema out there. They usually push on a technical level, like mm. amount of yeah. uh, geometry in the scene, simulations, stuff like that. And also, I think uh, Day After Tomorrow got uh, scale right, which is always mm. important in yeah. uh, these large-scale destruction movies that you don't actually have like, you know, camera flying through everything. Uh, having this unrealistic motion, they got kind of scale mm. a little bit right, yeah. And it is a little bit of a guilty pleasure, of course. Yeah, of course. Obviously. Well, what's your opinion on San Andrea? San Andreas? Yeah. I think it looks really good, but the movie, I don't know. I'm okay. sorry. <laughs> I, I, like, I have an issue with that movie, because if you look, if you go back to 70s movies, like, you have a big star in the movie, and you have mm. destruction. We mentioned character building, character building, but it is true, it is important, but those also were really relatable characters. Mm. Like uh, Paul Newman in Towering Inferno, he's unsure. He makes mistakes. He doesn't know. And he's like, uh, 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 Steve McQueen suddenly feels the weight of responsibility. He needs to save people. And there's a lot of, and Poseidon Adventure, people are like working together. You see Mm. people working together, help out. And it's real people. And it's real people because they're really relatable. And in San Andreas, like... The rock isn't that relatable. Because (laughs) the the rock has this thing, like just, uh, like I have The rock has this thing when, uh, when he's not, like he's not fallible. No. He's, you know, the movie starts, he's going on a helicopter saving, you know, a person. Mm-hmm. He's not, like, and he always knows what to do. Yeah. It's, uh, the, the giant tsunami is almost like inconvenience that yeah. he needs to get around. <laughs> yeah, we got a gearbox failure. Must have been that hit we took in L.A. I'm going to have to auto-rotate down. The auto-what? We're going to crash. 
Oh, not again. Oh, yeah. Well, everybody gets there. You know, he's he's not really, uh, he's so much of a hero. He's so yeah. much of a, you know, this tough face looking at the side of the camera. Like, it's not really, like... He's super really... cool, but I, I don't know. And there's no casualties. But when he goes with a boat in there and all these destroyed buildings, there's not a single corpse. No, oh, no one right. dies. Where are all the people? I haven't even thought about and, that. And, and also, it's 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 so over that. Like it, when they're trying to yeah. break the wave, mm. and they that's you know that's hard <laughs> enough. That's like if they're trying to you know to yeah. go up. Yeah. That's already you don't you don't need anything else. But of yeah. course, then the tanker comes flying from this, and, <laughs> and and they have to dodge the tanker. What happens then? Oh yes, then the containers start falling out on them. So you see, it turns into But a farce like, almost. It's like if you have the rock, it's like every day for him. You need to make it hard. Yeah, that's actually his like uh, like vlog. That's not a movie. They actually oh, yeah. cut it from this. His, no, but you see, it's it's so over the top. It's uh, it's indulges so. It looks yeah. amazing. Like, it looks really good. You mm -hmm. know, buildings crumbling, like electricity cracks inside the dust mountains and and stuff. Like yeah. it's just it's just overindulgent in like, yeah. and the camera flies through. You know, the crumbling buildings. You have overindulgence of like, yeah. let's just uh, like. People characters almost don't matter. It's almost no. like a ride. You just, yeah. you, you just. Uh, It is an amusement park ride in a way. Yeah, but I and think that that is truly destruction as as entertainment. <laughs> so much audience. I just want to mention uh, Geostorm. Oh my god! <clears throat> Let's talk about what Geostorm. What is happening in that movie? <laughs> It's insane. They Every, have everything. Everything. <laughs> everything is happening in that movie. Everything you got. Everything. Every disaster possible in the same time, and it's just, it's incredible. But it's, I haven't seen the movie though. I'm sorry. I need But, to see it. Yeah, I saw. Because I have a weakness for these kind of. I've films. seen like all the trailers and recaps and some behind the scenes and stuff. But I need to actually see the movie as well. But it looks like it has everything. And it looks completely insane. It's literally somebody sat down and like, what threats in nature? <laughs> Everything from like hail to like yeah. birds to to volcanoes to wind to <laughs> to lightning to uh, to earthquakes it got it all it's it's and it's over the top it's I want to watch it because it's so over the top you watch yeah. clips and it, it, but it it it's got that issue there's another issue with new like mm. um, destruction movies that I wanted to bring out is that the novelty has worn out Like mm -hmm. there is nothing that you like because if you if you look at like Twister, mm -hmm. uh, just a slide, just to go back, uh, that's like first time you see a digital uh, um, uh, yeah. tornado. Yeah. That's that's new, right? And you have uh, day after tomorrow. That's large scale. You have hitting uh, yeah. waves and stuff, and uh, it's a lot well done. But there's a certain kind of novelty in there. Yeah. San Andreas. It, Doesn't have like there is no, nothing new. Mm. That's why it's 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 kind of worn out. And uh, and the same thing with Geostorm, except for like maybe uh, frozen birds uh, <laughs> f uh, uh, crash landing into the and uh, into the beach and everything is frozen. It's it's over the top and it's kind of. And it's like I I want to see it because it looks insane, yeah. but I I don't feel anything for it. No, mm. no. I have no feelings about and that. It's, and I just I can't really. I don't since again I haven't seen it so I don't know but I'm guessing that I won't be as involved and in it as I am in other movies like Twister or Independence Day where you actually follow the characters how, you how feel something and Titanic would, would, like I would I think I would bet money that Gerald Butler's character is a single dad 
Probably. Mom, mom's probably <laughs> divorced. Oh yeah, I saw a clip of that one. He has a daughter and a trailer or something. Oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> here we go. Strange, uh, yeah. but but that's like the, n- there is no novelty. You you look at that those shots and you have like a car driving yeah. away from a crumbling ground. Yeah, is that 2012 where they're yeah. always driving away from yeah. a crumbling ground? Yeah. Yeah, or flying. When they tell you not to panic, that's when you run. Wait, you call me back when you calm down. You know the the focus in in the more modern movies has shifted a little bit towards running away from from disaster. Mm. That's a lot of the movie. Mm-hmm. You actually run away from disaster. Yeah. While maybe a little bit older movies, they have to deal with it. There is there is yeah. there is a slightly different approach to it. Mm. Um, and just to mention a good movie. Uh, that's 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 a good disaster movie done well. Yeah. Uh, the Impossible. Oh yeah, The Impossible. It's about I don't know if you know no. about this. No, it's with Naomi Watts and a young Tom Holland. Hmm. Yeah. And, and, and uh, uh, Obi Wan himself, uh, <laughs> even McGregor. Oh yeah, of course. And it's about the tsunami in Thailand. Oh yeah, that yeah. one. So it's based on a true story about a family who survived uh, Indian Ocean uh, tsunami. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the deadliest tsunami in history, actually. Uh, 250,000 dead. And it's um, it takes place in a, a resort mm. in, I think it's Kaulak. Uh, and uh, it's mostly shot with the miniatures. And it, it's done, a lot of it is done practically. Mm. And it's just insane. They actually have, they actually shot a big part of it on the actual resort. Wow. That was in the tsunami, but they rebuilt it. And they actually, <laughs> they used actual survivors from the tsunami as extras. Isn't that a bit weird? Just like in the Titanic film <laughs> from 1912. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, so they did that as well here. And the family was there during the entire process and just like hmm. telling them how to feel or how to act. or. But it just, it looks insane. And they put like Naomi Watts in this... Uh, chair underwater where she had to act and it was just she was strapped to that and it just flipped out and she like stayed underwater for too long and lost her breath and it's just it seems insane that movie Mm. and the sets are amazing and that movie has like that thing that works it's grounded it's from the ground up it doesn't go for like huge uh, huge scale so like when the wave hits you actually you understand it's it's not only horrible force it drags with it like yeah. all the rocks, sticks, all the all the like the they get they yeah. get cuts. And yeah, it, and one it, thing I thought of was the dirty water. Yeah, it actually looks dirty, and yeah. it's brown for yes. once, mm. which it would be if it passed through land and houses mm-hmm. and buildings mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah. So, and and uh, you can see in the edit all the, like the difference in that. If you look at San Andreas. Uh, and the edit, you know, the huge camera flying through all over the place, and uh, you have mm-hmm. like wide shots, which which is fine. But like, if if you look at the impossible, they always stay with the character. Yeah, they have this wide shot, this beautiful miniature shot of the water hitting the the beach, the the resort. Mm. But on the foreground, you have little Tom Holland. Like you have characters, mm. always, and you stay with them. You don't you you have wider shots, you have tighter shots, but mm. you always stay with the character, and that works. And you get you get to you know you hear the sounds they're struggling and it works for me at least it worked better you you f- you feel for the you feel connected and yeah. you feel the force of the disaster and you it's yeah. it's it's slightly much more personal it's less of a you know huge particle simulation and more of a tr- like a little bit dramatic uh, yeah that sure doesn't sound like destruction as entertainment it's like a real disaster and it's. Uh, 
Yes, because indeed real people died, so they had to. They they uh, they couldn't you know do it as an, as a, just an entertainment. Mm. Uh, they, and I think this might be a little bit of a hint to where to where uh, these big scale destruction movies can go. Mm. If you if you place the story on the ground level, both technically and story wise, if you like follow people, if you don't indulge yourself in like giant uh, set pieces mm. and crumbling, and you actually try to try to keep it more grounded, uh, both technically and story-wise. I think that might be a solution. The cheetahs are hard Stay up, but... Stay low to the ground. Cheetahs never prosper. Yeah, okay, stay low to the ground, right, yeah. But l- let's see if, if there will be a new kind of disaster films coming, uh, more in, in the taste that, that we discussed here, grounded in reality more. Thanks a lot for coming, it's been so nice to talk to you and I have a sinking feeling that we'll return to this topic <laughs> later in this podcast possibly big monsters attacking stuff uh, that's also a kind of disaster movie but let's not talk about that now thanks for coming thank you thank you and you out there thanks for listening uh, as usual you can see clips from the films that we talked about at our webpage goodbyecancerstudios.com and do mail us if you have questions at podcast at goodbyecancers.com and next week we won't talk about disasters, we'll talk about women in VFX, about female trailblazers from the past and how it is to work in this rather male-dominated business. And you will join us <laughs> Matilda. Yes. So, until next time Goodbye, a bientôt, auf Wiedersehen Vi Oh, oh, oh.